keep what? Okay, just keep waiting. I can do that. Good at it. But at least we're so much closer than, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, do it. Whatever. Yeah. Hello? Hello. Oh, my God, it worked. Yeah. What's up? How are you doing? Uh, you know, what is up? What is up? Um, I don't know. Uh, well, actually, we should we should do some microphone level kind of testing and make sure that we're in a good spot before uh we get into it too much i guess it's good to, it's good to hear from you though laura yeah um, yeah thanks for having me oh fuck thanks thanks for being a part of it like uh i'm completely irrelevant now unrelevant irrelevant i and ignorant i also am illiterate obviously but of all those things uh by you being on the <laughs> yeah, show same you give me such relevance. Same. Fabulous. You're not relevant. You won the show. You won Ink Masters. Am and I the I only winner that you've had on? Well, I had on Steve Teff, but I don't count him. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. Oh, I, had, <clears throat> I had Joey on as well. Who else? I, I feel like I may have had another. Josh Payne? He hasn't been on yet, has he? That dick keeps yeah, talking he, he would I need go to on. hassle him. Well, you would think, you know? We're, uh, yeah, yeah. We, He's we a fun time. A, a bromance of sorts he and i um oh, sometimes oh yeah you have a bromance <laughs> with him huh? Well, uh, i wouldn't call it a bromance but but a, a non-sexual love affair yes i would i oh, would yeah. assume so what is your relation with uh with josh then how do, where do you know him from he's kind of in your area huh? oh so yeah yeah he's from portland so um i knew him before i even went on the show before he even went on the show he tattooed a few of my friends and um i don't know he's character. just like he's such a yeah he's mm. such a sarcastic asshole and like i sort of <laughs> it's like everyone in upstate new york kind of has this really like fucking almost like offensive humor i wouldn't say offensive but um you know it's just a vibe i guess i, mm. I just vibed with him a lot better than um i don't know most people on the show that vibed with him or then you, then you did with more people on the show like you oh, vibed yeah, with him more than and other yeah, people so, didn't um, vibe with him or didn't vibe with you um i would say well he's a very he's a uh, what, what's the word he's a very polarizing character to a lot of people so most mm -hmm. people didn't vibe with him but my season particularly uh every episode we had a returning coach or like a returning ink master or whoever sort of like coach uh the teams for that um, episode. So we got to meet, um, oh geez, who did we get to meet? I think first episode was Ryan Ashley, Joey Hamilton, um, Josh Payne, Nikki Simpson, uh, trying to think, uh, Duffy, um, sausage, you know, tons and tons of people. So it was kind of a cool season to be on in that regard. I follow. I follow. Who, who was your favorite guest judge that you got to work with? Oh, definitely Josh for sure. <laughs> right on. I'm excited yep. about that. I am. Um, I, I, you're an amazing artist. You know this? Are you aware? Yeah, I put a lot of, I mean, I hope so. Uh, I put a lot of time and effort into, you know, my craft and tons of fucking practice. I've been doing this ever since I could hold a pencil. So, I mean, if I sucked, that would be really bad because I've basically <laughs> sacrificed most of my life to this. <laughs> okay. Where, where does it come from? Where, where does your art come from? So I grew up, uh, my mom was an artist, so she was a traditional oil painter. And I sort of grew up in a household that praised the arts and, oh. um, 
nurtured yeah, I was all really, that Yeah, I was very lucky. Uh, and then she had, my, my mom had a best friend, Betty. She was a retired college professor at the um, University of Brockport in upstate New York. And I got lessons from her when I was like single digits. So I essentially got like college level training at a very young age. <laughs> and then that sort of, that sort of evolved into, um, you know, my tattooing and, you know, trying to find, as I got older, trying to find a way to make money off of, you know, my art and tattooing is, was just like the thing that came more, most naturally. So. It's, I saw that you, you dabble in comic book. So you must have inspiration from, from that too. Was there a time that you were heavily reading or just influenced by the art? Oh, yeah. I mean, both. Um, I have a bunch of like old Spider-Man comics hanging up in my tattoo studio. Um, I love Marvel, DC. I did grow up with that. I think when I was younger, I was kind of going back and forth like, oh, maybe I should be a comic book artist. You know, this is when I was like a teenager and, mm. um, you know, come to find out it's like you don't fucking make any money doing comic book <laughs> art. So I it's a, it's, it's really hard to get to making money in that in that in that pursuit am i wrong i would greg, think so yeah i think greg Capullo does really good you know but uh you know bat, he, he draws for batman and um some of the higher ups once you get up there and the names that you know of course they're making money but the the artists that i've known that have worked inside of comic books have really had to scrape to put stuff together and always had odd jobs or something going on yeah that makes a lot of sense um, well, I'm it. guessing that's what you you found out too. Then when you're like, man, this guy will pay me right now for tattooing, and I could hopefully make some money off of this. It's like it's a it's a gamble, right? Yeah, Comic it is. Books. I mean, there's a gamble for everything. Yeah, definitely very competitive. Very, I mean, everything in life's a gamble, though. If you think about, it, I mean, tattooing was a gamble. It's like when I started yeah. tattooing, I was like, I don't, I, I mean, I didn't know if I was gonna be able to pick up the machine because it's so much more different than drawing um at the time so mm -hmm. what were the machines that you came into using were they uh so like the little pens that we have now i'm sure i'm sure there were probably coils back then no yeah so i have oh god my gosh i've been tattooing for over 10 years so i've i grew up with coils i my apprenticeship i got an apprenticeship in, in this little town perry new york and it was by this old metalhead hell's angels biker dude and he was super traditional so it was like get in get out fucking um speed shop kind of mentality so we uh me and the other apprentice we um learned some coils made our own needles you know did the whole autoclave thing super traditional super you know, awesome. whatever yeah did that that give you a, a strong foundation of, of a work ethic then Absolutely. That, um, I'm very, I'm actually very thankful for my apprenticeship. It was very, that I mean, is not, that's oh, uncommon. Let's take a minute to appreciate that. What, what was the guy's name again? Skyler, Skyler Towns, Sky High Inc. in uh, Perry, so New York. Rare that, I mean, occasionally you hear, I'm sorry, you guys in, in Perry, New York. I'm, I'm fucking that up. I'm just so surprised that, not so surprised, but oftentimes it's like, well, the first time I worked uh, with an apprentice was terrible, as an apprentice was terrible. I got screwed over. And then I found somebody that cared about me or, or you know, you yeah, actually yeah. completely uh, honor this guy still. Yes, I do. Um, he was like, obviously it, it wasn't like, you know, 
what's the word? He really um, drilled it in my head to work really hard. Um, I put in a lot of hard hours. Like it was a hard apprenticeship. Like, don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. but that's what made it awesome. It's like, you don't go into an apprenticeship and then they're going to baby you the whole time and, you know, not let you work. Like that's not how you learn. He got me on skin. Oh my God. He got me on skin in like two months. He was, and he wouldn't let me dick around with like fucking cleaning the shop or doing bitch work. Like he legitimately was like, we're going to teach you how to tattoo. He probably saw fucking dollar signs for me. Cause like, he's okay. like, oh my God, this chicken She's fucking talented. makes me so much money and shit. Yeah. yeah. So it was a mutually beneficial relationship. So he would come in, teach me how to fucking tattoo, not dick around. Like it was, it was honestly awesome. I, I have a lot of respect for the dude. There wasn't a ton of, cause I know with a lot of women, they're like, Oh, you know, I was sexually harassed and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I was kind of, I was kind of harassed by one of the dudes that was working there, but, um, never got, never got harassed from him. Like he always treated me respectfully. Like it was honestly, I, I really, I really am thankful for that apprenticeship. It was hard that's, enough that's and so he cool. was fucking militant enough. Fucking just and that again is Skyler. What's his last uh, Skyler? And where is it? Skyler Towns in Perry, New York. Perry, New York, Skyler Towns. Sorry not to give you more time to say his name the first time, because obviously some respect is is owed and gratitude to that guy. And thanks for giving it to him. Um, yeah. But let's talk yeah, yeah, more yeah. about you. Screw everybody else for a minute. <laughs> Help me. Um, <laughs> Help me set this up so we can get to, I'm sure people will want to hear about Ink Master and more of that sort, which there's a lot. There's a lot to that. Oh, yeah. But your talent uh, gives us an idea that your path, it obviously has been a long one. Even if it wasn't, I mean, 10 years, that seems like a long time to some people probably, and even to yourself. For an old timer like myself, it seems like you're just getting in there. How, when did you feel that you were, you were there or that, I know that's a weird thing to say, what artist ever feels they're there. Uh, But when were you beginning to feel at home and like, this is really it? Was it right in that apprenticeship? Yeah, honestly, it was my first year um, in my apprenticeship where I was like, I really felt like, oh my God, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I love it. Right on. And, and yeah. it's given yeah, you the uh, freedom I see to still do pursuits and other, you, you paint uh, colored pencils, you make plushies. Yeah. Yep. I do everything. I love crafts. I love sculpture. I love painting. Um, I am always fucking, and I have the time to do all this cause I'm fucking, I don't got no kids. I'm not fucking married. I don't got any of that. So like, I love spending my time. Um, you know, if I want to try fucking felting or I really want to try welding, that's my next thing I'm going to do. But, um, just growing up in, in how I grew up, um, I always have just sort of trained myself to kind of like just work with my hands constantly make stuff. And that's what makes me happy. And it gives me a break from, um, tattooing and I love tattooing. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes Mm -hmm. it's nice to take a step back, kind of recollect your, yourself and, Mm -hmm. you know, do something else with your hands. And then once you go back to tattooing, you're like, okay, awesome. I can, I can fucking bang out some awesome pieces now. It like a um, if that makes sense. Yeah, like like a child's pose in yoga, right? What do they call that? Resuscitation or something? Just to give you a little break for reflect on the hard thing. Because I got to figure tattooing, it's it's difficult for me. I got to figure, even though you have such great results, you've had to meet with extreme difficulty in working with clients, um, getting your vision uh, 
across as opposed to um, letting them take control of the reins of the tattoo and completely fucking it up. Yes. Yeah. And that is something I'm sure you've dealt with too. It's like, there's always this um, almost like power struggle with you and your client. Cause it's like, you know, obviously you want to respect what they want and you want to respect the mm. style that they want. And like, I always do that and I work with them, but at the same time, it's like, dude, they don't fucking know. Like they've never tattooed a day in their life. They don't know what's going to look good. Like you can't have a fucking portrait on your finger. Some of these micro portraits I see coming in and out of my shop. It's like, sometimes they age like shit. And it's like, I don't want to, associated uh, well it's like i've seen a lot of awesome micro stuff that has aged fine but like some of my some of these clients that come in they have like these crazy ideas and like that's the power struggle is like trying to find a happy happy medium with you know working with your clients doing something Mm -hmm. that you love and then also making them happy without giving them a fucked up piece i feel like at least for me i begin to feel a balancing issue of that where like it's awesome that my client knows so much more about tattooing from shows and from uh, platforms and social medias and their ability to follow things but it also kind of really gives them an illusion of knowledge sometimes that i have to fight against you know that that they come in expecting Like, well, I saw this guy, he was able to do this. And you're like, well, on Instagram with a filter and, and, you know, three sessions. Uh, yep. It, yeah. It's it, your expectations. Your, I don't, it, that's, that's, uh, yes. And that's why I even talked about it. Cause to, to this day, it's been one of my biggest, um, Dutch, you know, holdbacks and tattooing. I, I still love it, but I really have had to find a way to say no a lot more to free up myself to say yes. And when I see an artist like yourself, that seems to do, I mean, you've got to, if you just go through your Instagram, what is your Instagram, Laura? Oh, Tattoos by Laura Marie. Plug. If you go through Tattoos by Laura Marie's Instagram, you you are inundated with awesome, beautifully and perfectly rendered piece after piece. Oh, so from you. that, I imagine... <laughs> Well, what what was the process to get up there? Have you streamlined your um, consultation process in some fashion? Is there any advice you could give to those that are hoping to specialize or to take more control of their tattoo career? So, okay. So my process, um, I'll break it down at the very beginning. Um, whenever I open my books, I'm like, Hey, shoot me an email looking to do large projects, and especially if people are looking to do these huge projects, because they do a lot of back pieces a lot of torso pieces. Um, and it took me a while to get up to that point to have a very streamlined process of completing this stuff in, in a fairly um, short amount of time as well. Cause you know, back pieces, they can take fucking years sometimes, but it doesn't need yeah. to take that long. So what I do is, you know, I, I look through the emails and, you know, I obviously I read, you know, what clients send me and I, I love when clients send you know, they have a rough idea, but they're like, hey, I love your work. I love your style. This is what I'm looking for. Single subject. Just run with it. I actually don't like when people give me complete creative freedom because, I, you know, I have to ask a lot of questions like, so what do you like? You know, I don't want to mm-hmm. give some big, you know, I don't want to give some big fucking buff dude a cute little fucking bunny back piece. You know what I mean? I need to learn more about like who they right. are. Or imagine so, simply because he's a big buff dude, he doesn't want a cute little bunny. Cause maybe that's actually his thing. And you designed yeah, this awesome right? piece. That he's like, well, I kind of yeah, like cute so, I mean, like, <laughs> I know. Um, so then from there, um, I usually have a lot of clients flying to see me. So an in-person consultation, sometimes it's not 
that's not possible. possible. So usually, so what, what usually what I, what I do, you know, I have them send me a bunch of photos of their back. We'll have a phone consultation before I start the drawing. And whenever I draw for these back pieces, I draw like weeks or months in advance. I do not ever draw the day before because this stuff, it's like, you know, I finally have someone that's willing to give me this huge fucking uh, canvas of skin. of skin. I don't mm. want to, I don't want to fuck it up by doing, you know, a drawing a day before it's like, you know what I mean? I do. So absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, so like I'll start the drawing a few weeks beforehand. That way I have a few weeks of like going back to it. You know, sometimes I'll see things wrong with it um, that I didn't see before and I'll change it and I have that time, you know, it's not as stressful. I'm not rushing and it turns out great. And then from there, first session, we usually do, uh, I usually recommend doing like a two back-to-back session, just do the line work. Okay. If they can, and if then they the can very next that. day, back-to-back? Yeah, mean? the very next day. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. That, does that usually go good, fair for you though? Or is your line yeah, work I, extensive, I guess I should ask too, because some of these things could maybe be just quick put in, huh? Yeah, there's a lot of detail, a lot of, you know, crazy shit. I do mm. use a lot of numbing stuff. Um, which helps a lot. And then from what there, numbing do you uh, use? Can we plug that? Cause that's, I, I've had mixed results with numbing and I find sometimes it's like this. Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes their skin seems to change as soon as I use it. And sometimes it seems yeah. fine. Yeah. What so I was kind of against, mm-hmm. I use, um, it's just bandaid wash. So it's a little blue bottle. Sometimes it comes in clear. It's only 2% lidocaine. And I use that in place of green soap when I wipe. So every okay. time I wipe, they're getting a dose of lidocaine and I notice that the lower percentage lidocaine, it doesn't make the skin spongy. It doesn't have that effect on skin where you kind of notice you're trying to fucking put a line in and it's yeah. just pushing out because the skin's all fucked up from, you know, the high dosage of lidocaine. I would assume that's what what's happening, but um, that's, that's what so I use. Counter to what I, uh, our normal thought is like, well, what's the legal limit? Oh, it's five right on. That's where we're at. Let's use five. Yeah, yeah. I, think or, I should say 5% lidocaine so people understand my thought process there because most of them right now are really pushing for 5% lidocaine and then they want to make their product different. So maybe I'll throw CBD in it or something. But you're finding yeah. that 2% is giving you enough pain relief too? Yeah, it really does. And it's more of a wash, so it's very watery. I feel like it kind of penetrates the skin a lot better as opposed to like a cream that kind of just like sits on top of it. Mm-hmm. I have I'm, I, I have no fucking uh, evidence. I'm just, you know, kind of speaking <laughs> off the cuff. <laughs> well, it must be off. How, how long have you been using it? Oh, five or six years now. Um, okay. At least half my career. Yeah, so I mean, there's anecdotal evidence, right? That, that you, yeah. you feel confident about certainly in oh, your yeah. work <laughs> uh moving on let's get to ink master well no i guess i should ask you there is no way when when we talk about an artist and a successful one there's always hindrances there are always stumbling blocks but usually there's we haven't talked about a single person that said you couldn't yet was there anybody that lit a fire underneath you uh in the fashion of your um like your nemesis you know um, I've had a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, specifically two ex-boyfriends. They were both tattoo artists and they were like, oh, you'll never be able to do that. You'll uh-uh. never be able to do that. Yeah. Even though they saw that you were talented? 
Well, I mean, they that's were more about of something a... besides besides tattooing. They were talking about um, you wouldn't be able to do something else in your in in your life. No, specifically tattooing, because I would show an interest in uh, what they were doing, and I would like. I actually worked on one of my axes and he still, I, I think it was more of a competitive thing. Like that was a them issue. It wasn't a me issue. I think that they oh. felt, yeah, I think that they felt um, intimidated. So, and then that lit a fighter on my ass. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm gonna fucking show you up douchebag. So. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, I'm glad to hear it. Cause it almost sounded like you just had too much support for a while. And it was amazing. If you don't have you, sometimes you need that. I, I had a lot of people and I think a lot of these artists, tell them you know right away say no you suck cut your fingers off go away um oh, learn drywall yeah. <laughs> learn drywall oh yeah no i've had a uh, my my fair share of um hurdles definitely with my career but a lot of support and as it, well which i'm thankful for what was your schooling like were, were you uh, always involved in art in school yeah so my uh growing up i had pretty good grades i was always um always drawing in class and uh, always in art programs. Um, I was also in sports as well. I was in the ski club. I was also in chess club. I was in computer programming club with all the fucking nerds. Oh my God. Um, yeah, You're a lot active. of stuff. A lot of stuff. Who was oh, yeah. your parents pushing you to do that, or you just didn't find interest in all the uh, the things that distract so many others? Um. Well. I think what it was, I think, it, you know, at first, because my parents would always push me to do stuff, but really what it came down to, it's usually like I had a friend in one of those clubs that I wanted mm -hmm. to hang out with. And then um, it was a good uh, way for me to be introduced to all these other career paths. And I kind of got lucky with the school that I went to because they had a lot of funding. They had a lot of funding for like extracurricular activities and different classes and everything. Um, yeah, you said ski club. That's not every high school. Yeah, same ski with club chess or, club and yeah, ski club. With chess club, anybody can throw one of them together. Not that they would have a success with it, but it's really cheap, right? A couple of boards and some kids meet in the library. But yeah. your ski club, yeah. <laughs> you got to get ski passes and arrange yeah. you know, tri trips, logistics, all that. Anyways, oh yeah, awesome. I'm glad to find that there was somebody that that uh, you can that you know some haters. <laughs> That you had a chance to prove. oh yeah hey it's how does it feel at this point knowing that do you look back on that with pity and their own inability to accept your you know to accept your path as an artist or you still got a little animosity like you call them up or you you, you stalk them a little backwards you know like hey look at me now um you know what they're so oh god it was so long ago i mean it was like how old am i now i'm 30 like 15 years ago, 14, 15 years ago. Mm. I have, I can confidently say there's not one person on this planet that I hate besides like fucking Mitch McConnell or some other politicians, but uh -oh. personally, Careful, don't get me started. This is my escape from that. This is what everybody, when they say, Kyle, you get to the politics. Could you shut up? But, um, yeah, Mitch, I'm with you there. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm okay with whatever, you know, they're fucking, I don't know. They're fucking deadbeats already. So I don't need to hate on them. They hate them them themselves uh, enough. So I don't have to do it for them. I, that's nice. I, I imagined, I guess that's almost why I asked that is more because I feel like you, uh, you have this ability um, to pity that, uh, you know, somebody else's shortcomings, the way you worded it, you know, something about themselves, but moving on uh, in, 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 
man, you got me so wanting to talk about the turtle there. I'm going to stop. <laughs> I mean, hey, I got all the time in the world. I mean, we can talk whatever you want. <laughs> well, this is uh, this is the sad thing for me. Uh, if you get tattooed by me, you end up knowing my politi- my political beliefs. It's it's terrible if you're going to. But I guess I'm not scared. It's my podcast. So I shouldn't be scared of people knowing my political beliefs. Um, but currently, I'm amazed at uh, trans issues and how the, the fight seems to be going and everybody's fear is being excited over something that already has existed. It's not so new. It, there's something called pluralistic ignorance that I just, that I'm in, I'm not smart. I just learned a word, but it meant a lot to me. <laughs> Because I find that I'm susceptible to it. And it's easy for me to believe that somebody who doesn't hold my political viewpoint or is the antithesis of my political viewpoint, it's easy for me to believe that there's some crazy whack job, you know, from the far extreme of that. And it's also easy for me to believe that their numbers are greater inside of that spectrum or inside of that um, political side. But that is what I've learned is pluralistic ignorance. And so many, uh, we all suffer from it. Um, I, I guess what I'm getting at is I should stop fucking preaching to all my clients. I'm sorry. I'm sorry even to go you off on You know what? This. That's you, though. Mm. You know, that's you. That's your, I mean, that's part of you. you. You're allowed to have a fucking, you know, you're allowed to have opinions. You're allowed to have fucking personality. Like, we all can't be a fucking drone and be like, yes, hello, I am going to tattoo you for six hours and not talk at all. And I am a robot. Like, no, that's totally fine. You fucking do you. That's you. God bless you for it. Well, the, the the amazing thing with me and the trans rights right now is just it seems so silly because it doesn't affect anybody except in the bathroom and sports. And I think we got a sports body that should probably step up and do their job and probably make some changes to protect women who are being threatened by people who might have had the chance to go through puberty. Like, it seems like it's a legit concern. And under those auspices, I think it's easy. But I don't know that the legislation needs to come in and start oppressing a group that is already marginalized. Uh, When we already have bodies, you know, athletic bodies that govern these these rules and these changes, they should. And then I keep running into people who are they are have a fear and apprehension to trans people as being human it almost seems that they just want them to wear rubber underwear and i feel bad for the custodians of the world i don't want so much sawdust everywhere we go because there's somebody's rubber underwear leaked you know i don't like the smell of poo inside of my stores and i recognize that humans have to excrete so like it, uh, it, the argument seems to be that transgenders inside of bathrooms are dangerous to kids but I've seen no statistical evidence of that. And it's, oh, it's yeah. such a fear, though, that it seems like it's actually a wedge issue to designed, designed to um, allow people like the Mitch McConnells to work in a darkness as they do the actual bidding of the corporations usurping the legislative will and power, excuse me, from the from the citizenry and giving it to corporations who have more money to donate to political causes that's my belief oh, because God, meanwhile, i agree with you 100 percent. oh well, they're, yeah well, they're getting us angered about whatever they think this isn't you you're not transgender right okay let's be angry at them last it seems to me like there was a time that they were doing that 
all throughout history for every time a new immigrant group would come over to our country and make it a more diverse and thereby, as our founders said, a stronger nation based on diversity because of our tolerance for others. Yep. And we then gotta it find also, something to hate. And, and it, and when we do, it seems like it gives ability for the people who are actually doing legislative power. I, I, I find many people who don't know who Mitch McConnell is, right? And that that's a name that they, it's not even making the board. And I think that's of intent and purpose, right? Is because yeah, no, you I pay do, attention yeah. to the loud voices. You let your pluralistic ignorance go crazy, build up and stoke your fears. And we will come in as we have divided and we will begin to conquer. And that's what they want. They want us to be mad at the wrong people. Yeah. But all because my no, I feel like hundred percent you are speaking, you're a fucking preacher to the choir. I think it's just fucking, we all got to find something to hate. And it's just, if, it, if it's not for trans people, it's for someone else. It's for fucking women or fucking well, other marginalized groups. Something. Let's imagine what it might be. Cause we're going into the future every day. Who is the next marginalized group? Imagine that in the future, we, we look back at this like we looked at people who didn't want interracial marriages when we're like, these people really were that worried about something that didn't affect their life. Yep. But then it's we're Probably scared. minorities and yeah. You think, I think next we're people. getting beyond minorities. We're getting so mixed. I imagine that once these brain plant in, in chips start getting, I mean, the, the, the market will speak. Uh, Elon Musk just got the right to put them in brains and actually, you know, do studies on humans. Now at one point there will be enough research in this, that they will be safe and that they will aid people's lives in great deals. People will be fighting to uh, purchase and pay great dollars for implants in their children at young ages so that they can more quickly begin to uh, benefit from the AI because we'll see a track record eventually. I'm sure there'll be a lot of cracked eggs. I'm not trying to say it won't be there. I'm beginning to imagine the next group, though, that will be marginalized will be either those without uh, the affordability of uh, brain implants to increase their cognitive ability, or those with, or the branding of it. Like chat GPT begins fighting against, uh, I don't know, whatever AI that that is the other brain chip. Yeah, it's it probably just boils down to poor people too. Well, Who's yeah, I, I think it's chance. always yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I say I've, I've I'm guess I'm I'm creating dystopian stories in my head. I guess I have these stupid oh. little narratives <laughs> that run all day, and that's one of them. You now, when like I heard me. that we had, well, I I guess that's why I threw it on you. I can tell from your love of comic books, and uh, I was like, no, nah, there's something there. Uh, and hopefully oh, yeah. I'm, I, I lack ambition, but I see someone like yourself, you might be able to see this a whole new world and actually make it happen. Yeah. I don't know. Anything's possible. God bless you. I'm getting to that age where I'm like, nope, no, there's only so much that can be achieved <laughs> of the, of my own, I guess. Moving on though. Let's get to the ink master. Let's, let's wet some, let's throw some red meat on the, on the Barbie. Let's, um, yeah. let's fire meat. it up. Because I got to oh, read yeah. some Reddit that you did, and you uh, answered a lot of questions. Of course, I went to Reddit yeah. to see what kind of questions they might want to ask, and you make yourself very, very available um, in that fashion. So there's nothing to ask, but there is something to comment on. Your experience with Ink Master was um, kind of a mixed bag. 
Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. Um, it was good, bad, everything in between. Um, I kind of see like reality, you know, American reality TV for what it is. It's very toxic. It's kind of like, um, I think American reality TV is very much a reflection on our current society as well. Like, I guess, um, yeah, if there's a specific thing you want me to touch on, but overall. <laughs> oh, yeah, back. I I, planned, I wanted to give you a freedom to kind of take it wherever first, but you were there with, and I'm going to have to stop calling them little racist, Ollie, but it's so fun. I, I think I'm going to run <laughs> it maybe four or five more times, but you were there with little racist, Ollie, before I retire, you know, his, uh, his new moniker that I like to give him. Um, yeah. Some people, I, I have friends who is big jazz, uh, who is obviously black is just schooling me on understanding Ollie better than that and explaining that he's not racist at all. So I got to stop it. But how fun it is. Uh, I was yeah. I, I was impressed by him and at the same time, not impressed by him. I saw things that were going on that uh, ended up being lawsuits against him and Nunez that were uh, misogynistic and out of, they shouldn't have been in the workplace. But that was early on. And I'm wondering if it, I would have figured that it would have cleaned up and gotten better. You know, like the work environment would have been less misogynistic. They wouldn't be uh, messing with AIDS in the fashion that they were, you know, making them do menial tasks, throwing water bottles across the room instead of handing it to them and things like that. Yeah. However, I kind of get this feeling that maybe because of the, it, it was battle of the sexes and maybe because of that actual theme, did it elicit any kind of reprisal? Like, you know, did it actually bring out more of that kind of behavior? Okay. So I will touch on that specifically with, okay. So specifically with uh, all three of those judges, they were completely fine, at least to me. Um, awesome. Al Oliver, uh, he was funny. He would uh, kind of do his walk around when we we're all tattooing and he would just kind of stop by my booth and just like watch me tattoo he would be really actually very encouraging. He would just, you know, I, I did this fucking huge octopus fucking freehand piece on one of the episodes. And he's like, oh, yeah, that looks fucking rad. You got plenty of time to finish it. You're fucking speeding. It's a huge piece. I never experienced any sort of sexism. And maybe it's because they, they cleaned it up. Obviously, you know, I feel like in the history of the show, it was very misogynistic, you know, at the beginning. Also, it was on fucking Spike TV. I mean, all the fucking... Um, uh, there were some hallmarks companies. there. Yeah. So I, to, with them, I have no problem with them. I sort of got the impression with Nunez, he was also fine with me, but I got the impression from, from him. He's just there to do a job and get a paycheck. He didn't really like, he didn't fucking play favorites. He's just trying to get fucking, mm. I don't know. Nothing against Did you feel do, like the others did play favorites then? Oliver really did like me. He, I, I had nothing against him. Um, I mean, you know, the fucking, the blackface photos, that was definitely not okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know in what fucking mind he was in, like, that would be okay. My personal experience with him was fine. However, I will move on to the fucking, first of all, I go on the show. We don't know what the theme is. We sign up to right. go on it. I assumed, you know, no teams hoping that it's like, or if it is teams, you know, but the season before was like Christian versus clean and like something like that, I would have been fine with, but oh, go I, on the I, fucking show. I wish instead of What's Christian up? versus clean, they did Christian versus uh, atheist or something, you know, or Satanist or, but anyways, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so but, I go yeah. on the show. 
they announced it's fucking Battle of the Sexes. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. They fucking, you know what's so funny about them? And Andrea, I love Andrea to death. She does a great job. I don't think this is entirely her fault. I think she's, you know, kind of working with Paramount at this point because it's it switched to Paramount Network. Yeah. So I think the network kind of pulls a lot of the strings and there's just a chain of command and whatever. But I think it's so fucking funny. They push and market and it's, it's all a marketing thing. That's the narrative that they want to push that's going to make money for that season is Battle of the Sexes. And then they're actively sexist by making the girls get up early, fucking making us get up an hour early, consistently losing an hour of sleep for three months straight. I, um, going on the show, you know how like you kind of choose wardrobe and there's like, you know, what do you want to wear? What, you know, what style are you going to be? You know, because yeah. everybody has to kind of dress differently. I initially, I wanted to fucking wear a fucking goddamn band t-shirt, jeans, and fucking sneakers. That's what I wanted to wear. And they're like, well, we can't do that. And I understand why they can't do that. Because every fucking tattoo artist on the planet, that's what they want to wear. And that's fine. Yeah. I get it. I want to be comfortable. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, I guess, you know, there's like, I do like skirts. I like dresses, whatever. But then I kind of like back myself into a corner. Because then they're like, well, you're going to wear dresses and fucking heels the whole time. Mm. That's you. Right. And I'm like, oh, great. So... It's just like, it's like production was actively sexist while pushing the gender equality narrative and making money off of it. It's all just a capitalist fucking way to fucking make a shit ton of money off of, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? It's just shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, uh, there's no real interest to portray, portray the actual battle of the sexes, um, except to sell Taco Bell. I don't know. Was it Corona? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking something. It's all just a way to make money. That's the narrative. Because people but, um, will tune and in and they'll get involved and they'll say, well, I'm a dude. So I think a dude should win. Or really, I think we're at that point where we're all accepting of, of female tattoo artists and uh, seeing the great talent yourself. Um, Sarah Miller, Kat, Kat Von D, uh, Tattoo Baby all these different great, great female artists, uh, that Na- Napoli or whatever, Tati, I don't even know her name, but that girl <laughs> does some stunning work from Australia or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But they, we're all accepting of it now. I don't know that it was even a, a desire of society to see this. It, it kind of, um, seemed to make it just to me. And this is just from outside looking in. It made it seem as though they were obviously going to push to have a female winner. And it gives the opportunity to then, unfortunately, using that thought, take away from the accomplishment of a female winner. Do you follow? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I've had these thoughts before, too. It's all. And like, I think that there's a lot of tinfoil hat people out there being like, oh, you know, they kind of predetermined the winner and the winner knows that they're going to win. It's like, I went into that not not knowing that I was going to win. Right. I, I assumed that when I went on the show, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to go up against, a, you know, a bunch of fucking Joey Hamiltons and fucking, you know, Shane O'Neill's and like all these crazy, amazing artists. I'm going to go home the first episode. That's what I saw going on it. I had no idea. And every mm. fucking, every episode that would come up, oh my God, I'm going home. Oh my God, I'm going to go home this episode. And then, you know, I never went home. No, as a matter of fact, other artists have talked. We I've talked with some of your cast and crew. Um, 
is it creepy Jason and Holly Marie both pretty much as soon as they saw you uh, working and the work that you were doing, they were just like, okay, so second, third place. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. Did, did no one else tell you this? Somebody was like, well, oh, yeah. Laura was there. So we all kind of figured where that was going to go. Most of it was jockeying for second place. Oh, that's a huge compliment from them to say that. <laughs> And especially to hear that you thought you might be going home at, at each time. Yeah. Yeah. I Who mean, you-, you know, I was, I was only, I mean, I really thought I wasn't going to win. I'm only fucking, I was only 25 when you filmed it. I was 26 when we, when I won and I was like, I was, I was only tattooing for like five years. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I didn't know what was going to happen. I had no idea. Uh, I think it's pretty fair to say you, you consistently were in the top of the judging though. Am I wrong about that? Yeah. Um, in the, in the beginning, like the first few episodes, it kind of took me a little bit to, cause I was just like nervous. The first few episodes, I didn't really do that great. I was never in the bottom. I think it was in the bottom one time towards the end, but, and then once it, you know, once I got into the groove of things, then I was like at least runner up tattoo of the day or somewhere in the, you know, top three or whatever. Any advice to somebody that would go on in, a, in another session or season? My advice is um, don't take it so seriously to the point where you're going to have a heart attack, but, you know, have fun with it. Obviously, take it, take it seriously enough that um, you do good. But I think the problem in that environment is you're living in it 24-7. You don't have a taste of the outside world for the three months that you're there. And you start to get really in your head. And they use that fucking term all the time. And it's like, nobody's going to die. You don't fucking cancer. You're not going to lose your hand. Everything's fine. Just fucking, you know, you just tattooing at home. And that's what I had to tell myself. You know, that's my advice. I like it. I like it. Any advice to people getting into tattooing currently or wanting to get into tattooing? What you think they should do? My advice is I always say get an apprenticeship, but in reality, a lot of people... Like when I really wanted an apprenticeship, I live fucking kind of rural out in the middle of fucking nowhere. So it's hard to find a good apprenticeship or if you don't have a car, um, you know, it can make well, it hard. Yeah, uh, that almost brings us to the big thing going on now is the, I'm sorry, let, let me go ahead and finish. Oh, uh, where was I going? Oh, um, yeah. My advice, do a lot of online seminars. See what other people are okay. doing. Go to fucking, ta- go to tattoo awesome. conventions, see what machines people are using, see how people are tattooing. That is my biggest um, recommendation. I like it. Uh, and I'm sorry. I was going to cut you off to say, it sounds like you're going there. <laughs> like I was going to ask you how you feel about online courses and uh, cause a lot of them are popping up and there's an old tradition, I guess, of hating the idea of tattoo schools, but somehow, um, we're just not going to escape it certainly with the platforms and the ability of zoom meetings to almost be right there, but not even be right there and, and solicit some of the best artists in the world for teaching. I've seen some great artists that are offering online courses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think especially, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I was kind of like with you growing up old school, growing up in a traditional shop, um, I was kind of against it as well, especially people, mar- cause you have to be careful. There's a lot of people that are going to market those tattoo schools and they're basically fucking scam artists. So you right. have to really do your research on these artists, make sure they're reputable, 
make sure that they fucking know what they're talking about and that they've not had a history of scamming people out of money because I've fucking met a few people that actually do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's one really famous here. Go on. Oh, uh, what were we going to say? uh, There was one that was famous here that was for, he would, um, there was like a two week or course or something like that. It might've been a little longer, but uh, it, it turns out with a diploma that it basically just made you a good apprentice. If you were even a good apprentice, he he would try and give you the idea that you're going to be a business owner. But after you left his school, if you were to start up a business, generally it would fail because you weren't prepared enough you know you're you weren't polished enough you didn't have enough time in the skin and so that business learning process you're you're also trying to learn marketing you're trying to run business management at the same time as you're developing your technical skill after you've been kicked out on the road with a diploma and like the diploma if you came into most shops with it they would actually be against you because they're like oh no fuck this is not the way to do it fuck you bye no i agree because it's like those tattoo schools and honestly, like I love these seminars. I love these online seminars, but like you need a lot of them. You need a lot of time on skin. You need to have someone physically watching you. It's still to this day. Like I've been fucking doing this for over 10 years and I'm still fucking learning. Like I still am finding out, Oh, maybe I shouldn't use that color next time. Maybe I need to use these next needle group. It's like, I'm still fucking learning. So it's just hard work. You just got to put the, put in the hard work. There's no shortcuts. What's your favorite style of tattooing? Um, I, oh, that's hard. I like everything. I really do. I really do. Well, I love, then, I love then what would you call your style of art? Uh, would it be illustrative? Would it be realistic? Um, I, I mean, I would say definitely illustrative. I got my own style going. A lot of it though has the bones of like traditional stuff. It's always heavy, bold lines, um, open skin, um, solid color, uh, but still making it in a way, you know, in my own style kind of thing. Oh man. Did I talk enough about ink master? I feel like I, I tried to tighten up last night. I did. Maybe I, I talked with a friend of mine who's become an actor. He's a tattoo artist. And now he's doing some acting as well. And uh, I was so excited to catch up with him because it's been like 13 years. I probably did the worst podcast I've ever done. <laughs> so <laughs> I said today, Kyle, you're going to be concise. You're going to be on point. And honestly, I'm a little bit proud of myself with it. I would like to put myself on the hot seat and give you a chance to ask me any kind of question. Um, and we'll do that now before we end, if you don't mind. Okay. Here's a question. So like, what's your five-year plan? Like what, what is, do you have any grand dreams for yourself? Great, great ambitions, or maybe it's just to continue tattooing and continue doing this podcast. Like, what do you what ultimately want? Out awesome. Of your life? What an awesome question. Uh, are you going to start a podcast? Cause don't, you're I, I'm very good at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you do any, do you do a podcast? No, but I've done, I've done a lot, you know, a lot of interviews and I'm very mm-hmm. good at asking questions. Whenever I tattoo people, I'm always shooting off questions here and there. I like that. I'm going to steal the five-year plan. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is something I try to ask my son for the same reason. But unfortunately for me, I don't know. I've been getting depressed and weird lately. So my ambitions, my inspiration has all really been shrinking. Uh, uh, Hesitant to say, I guess, honestly, even if that makes any sense. 
thanks for asking this terribly depressing question for me. Uh, would you like give me a paper Anytime. cup, pour lemon juice on it? Um, no, my five-year plan, I do see this. I, I really want to put more into this. I was so sad about my bad performance last night with my friend's podcast that I was like, no, I really want to work harder at podcasting. Um, I do see tattoos still, but I've had such strife with finding uh, peace with people when I work with them sometimes. I, I shouldn't say that. See, that's that's why I shouldn't say because there's this dangerous line of doing podcasting and then still asking for clientele, right? That you're like, will I say too much? Will it sound like I'm not appreciative of my clients? Um, and sometimes I guess I'm kind of not. Sometimes I hate that fight that I have to put up with them. Um, but we've just gotten it kind of streamlined to where I'm doing more stuff that I love. So I don't know. I, I, I hope to see myself eventually doing bioorganic large scale pieces on and uh, podcasting um, in the meantime. Like I want to be able to do those large pieces so I have more time off for what I find interesting to me because this is a lot of fun calling up people and just picking the brain of people that you respect and admire, you know? Oh, I love that. No, I love it. And to add on to your, like trying to find that balance with, you know, being honest with yourself about your clients, but also appreciating your clientele. Mm. I kind of feel like, I feel like the same way. I fucking love my clients. I absolutely have no problem I, with any of my clients. I love the process and yeah, it's a fucking headache sometimes, but, but there's some fucking clients. Well, I will like, I've fired clients before. I fucking, you fired them. I that, fucking, you're, like, yeah. you're fired. I love that. You, you don't fired. let them go. No. You just don't refuse to work on them again. You actually fire them. You're like, get no, your shit, yeah, get like, out. Don't fucking, yep. Get, don't fucking email me ever again. And I think you're allowed to say that. Cause like, there's some mm -hmm. shitty fucking people out there. Doesn't mean that you dislike your job. Doesn't mean you dislike your clients. It's just, there's people out there that are going to fucking try to get free work out of you, free appointments, take up your time, fucking waste your time. And I think it's okay to fucking just put your foot down just be like, no, I don't, I'm not going to stand for that. Just How do yourself. you begin to recognize it? I've noticed some telltale signs of somebody that's going to be this type of person. H have you found any, like they have phrases or things that they do or say that, that let you know, like, I shouldn't even return this email. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's always, you know, it's so funny. Mm -hmm. I have never to this day, I've never had a problem with one of my dude clients and all of my female clients are fucking awesome too. But there's a few fucking Karens. They're always like in this demographic. They're always like a little, you know, kind of, I don't, I hope I'm not going to be offensive saying this, but they're always like these older women that are very much like, I need it to be this way. And I mm -hmm. need this design to be like this. And then once I fucking, you know, do the deposits, do all the things, blah, 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 blah. They're like, you know, actually, I kind of changed my mind. I actually want this. And then they show their husband and they're like, no, I don't, my husband doesn't like this, blah, 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 blah. It's just like the wishy-washy, very specific, backs me into a corner creatively. I can't fucking do my thing. And then eventually it's just like, Eyes even if hands. I put, yeah, I'm just like, even if I put like time into this drawing, I'm still just going to be like, you know what? I don't even want your money. Here's your deposit back. Never fucking email me again. Yeah, you've wasted all this time for me. Dude, I found one of the things that, uh, it lets me know right away. Well, not right. I can't say right away. Actually, throughout the process. And it's like an immediate fight, like fire. I love that. I'm going to use that from now on. I, I would fire somebody immediately when they say, I'm, I'm probably your worst client. 
Yeah. I'm sorry to be so troubling. Uh, and you're like, no, you're not. Now I just realized that you are actually trying to be my worst client. You're actively participating in it. This is your goal. You just want to take up some kind of vampire like, uh, is it from what we do in the shadows? Colin, the vampire, uh, the psychic vampire. You just want to take some of yeah. my energy. You want to make me be like, question whether or not I even want a tattoo. No, and it's like these same people that do the same thing in every service industry. It's like we're in the service industry, and they probably are going back to their fucking – to a restaurant, treating their fucking waiter the same way. And it's never anything personal against us. It's just how they navigate life. It's how they fucking I – don't, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with them. But. <laughs> um, I, I, on behalf of Karen's, too, I do have to say, uh, as, as on behalf of my Aunt Karen, who's the sweetest lady and has been dealt a terrible blow. Um, and then of the Kyles, too, actually – I'm beginning, it wasn't, I would have never cared. And I use Karen all the damn time too. Um, uh, but recently I found out that Kyle is a name for somebody who punches drywall all the time. Have you heard this? <laughs> yeah. They usually have like a monster hat on and play Xbox and drink Mountain Dew. <laughs> That's a Kyle. They also Ex watch Despite these things and... all being fucking true about me, they still irritate me and get me to punch my drywall. There's so many holes in my drywall because of this very issue. It's so funny. I think it's like a nostalgia thing because my first boyfriend, his name was Kyle, and he was exactly like a Kyle. Like he played World of Warcraft and drank Mountain Dew and punched walls. And he was great. <laughs> People have asked me that. Where they, I've told them my name's Kyle. They're like, oh, you got a history. of You know how to do drywall. One guy asked me. He's like, you know how to mud holes <laughs> then, don't you? And I'm like, I mean, I do. But how does he know this? And it's I don't know. I was so take it, it's, many of those things, unfortunately, were true. But this is I am actively not trying to be a Kyle or even have Kyle's, I guess, because I really thought more about my poor Aunt Karen, who was so sweet. <laughs> and I was like, poor Aunt oh. Karen. And she is she is what we all know to be standing in in um, waiting on her pumpkin spice latte and complaining about the time it takes uh, or or not having, you know, a straw that she can use. I, don't, I hate using wood. I don't like using a wood stir stick. Fuck the turtles. Oh my God, that's so funny. That's so funny. Uh, I, I, I've really enjoyed talking with you, Laura. This is awesome. Thanks for being a part of the show. Yeah, dude, thanks, thanks so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. No, we're, we're, uh, we might ask you to do it again. If you ever get anything that you would like to prom promote or anything like that, by all means, um, hit me up and, and let's talk about a new passion or whatever that you found in a direction your life might be going. Yeah, I love it. Um, I have, I mean, we can definitely do another episode. I got fucking, we just scratched the surface of, you know, uh -uh. the inside of my brain. <laughs> well, what, what, what am I missing? Should I know more? Where oh, are you, what, what is your plans? Are you writing uh, any? Um, I don't usually write. So are you talking about like my five-year plan or just like general plans or? Yeah, let's go. Five-year plan. I should have took the hint there. I just didn't want to have to do it after you showed me that it was like a, like, what a fool I was for not ever having that in my repertoire. So, but yeah, what is so, your five-year plan? Um, you know what? I just kind of, I don't really have any grand plans. I really just want to live a peaceful life. Um, I think a lot of what's kind of like beat into our heads is to constantly make content and constantly be working, constantly evolve ourselves. And like, yeah, I want to be the best version of myself I can possibly be. But if I'm going to do that, I kind of just want to, chill and just keep on 
you know, I sort of use the analogy. I'm kind of like a jellyfish floating through life, just kind of enjoying whatever the universe brings me. And that's my five-year plan. Well, you've been a very ambitious jellyfish for one with this five-year plan. Are you finding that maybe now is, have you worked that hard and set your, your, yourself up in such a good spot that now you're finding maybe I want to enjoy it? Yeah, exactly. So like, obviously I'm always working on my craft. I'm always trying to learn more about tattooing. I'm always trying to get better at tattooing, but, um, you know, I don't want to go, you know, it's, it's like, I want to be able to enjoy my life as well. I don't want to go on the fucking, I don't want to be a contestant on the show again. I don't want to deal with reality TV anymore. You wouldn't go back on it. I guess it depends. So like, if they wanted me to be a judge for a week, that's one thing, but I feel like I've aged like, Doing a whole nother season, I can't do that again. Like, it was so much stress. You don't fucking sleep for three months. Like, I just can't do that again. Um, but, like, I feel like once you get a taste of that fame and taste of that notoriety, it can almost be addicting. You got to kind of, like, stop yourself and be like, okay, you know what? That's enough. I got my bag. I'm just going to leave and enjoy my life. And that's sort of what I want to do. Yeah, I feel I see that. I certainly felt it myself. I did, I did, I think, a year of testosterone after Ink Master. <laughs> And then I felt like it was indicative. I saw other people doing their own versions of testosterone afterwards, if you will, if you follow me, like they were, they, they had a bigger, um, uh, third person idea. You know, they had a bigger idea of themselves outside of their normal perspective. And suddenly they thought there was some kind of change that needed to be, or some work. Sometimes it's really paid off great with people um that you see that it's really helped them achieve for me i think it was a bit of a detriment (laughs) where i was not not that the testosterone wasn't the bad thing because i'm all about gender affirming care um but but it was it was the uh the idea that i was based off of other people's perceptions if you follow me i kind of had to revert back to like you know what i'm fine by me i don't i don't need i didn't need your acceptance to become the person that you wanted to accept like that was in more i need your acceptance now it's almost like i'm depending on it because i found it and it was comforting you know it made me feel yeah. better about myself but that actually makes me dependent upon you i guess that's almost that britney spears fine line relationship with the media that you see yeah, of a exactly. rocky relationship we love her today. Oh, we hate her today. Let's take her kids. I'll give her kids back. She deserves her kids. I don't know. She's doing some weird shit again. There she goes, shaving her head. You know, whatever. Yeah, um, I don't fucking blame her. You know, I'll fucking blame her. She's fucking stressed out because fucking people care way too much about other people's life. At the end of the day, you know who the fuck you are. You know who you truly are. And I get it all the time. People thinking that I'm one way or another, or they think I'm a bitch because of whatever the fuck I said. Does it like, happen? That, dude. We think you're a bitch? Oh, no, nice. No. I'm so happy, to hear, oh. but you 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 come into those that tell you this, probably yeah, the ones you well, fire. Yes, so like I think I've had people call me a bitch because it's like I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna fucking say what I want to say, and people don't like that. People do not like that, and it's like no, it's and it's like with uh, the media or whatever. You know, once my season came out, everything is so heavily edited, and they get a misconception about who you are as a person. And you know what? That's their loss because they're never going to truly know who you are. They're never going to experience the joys of being friends with the real Kyle or the real Laura. And that's them. That's on them. Yeah. If they want to be sitting in their little box in their little fucking yeah. basement, thinking whatever the fuck, and you know, You'll never get lost. me to punch, patch a drywall hole. So, ha ha. 
I, I love it. Thanks again for being a part of this and uh, sharing your insight. I look forward to getting to know more of it. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Well, we'll talk to you again. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Kyle. Have a good day. Thank you, Laura. Bye. Bye.